Wow. See the excitement. I can see why these podcasts go for so long. We just had three people tied up for about a minute listening to a sound. Far out. Okay. This is what I'm in for. I better strap myself in. I need some of those racing seatbelts to strap me into this chair here. All right, here we are, Ducks Don't Get Cold Feet, and we are at episode, event, number, whatever you want to call it, number 46. I'm super excited to be in the same room as Andy Lee. Now, he's not the Andy Lee that was on TV, married to a hot supermodel, which I don't think he is anymore, but I'm sure his uh, wife is hot, just like um, Megan Gale. Wow. I'm sure. Wow, what what an in, what an intro. What an intro. My partner Natalie wanted a shout out on the podcast and she's got a shout out in the first minute. So tick that box and we we've moved on. She, <laughs> tick that. She, she is my supermodel. She's she's lovely. Oh, the see I told you you don't have to be on TV to be a star and I've always thought that but Andy we met at an event that John Pearl put on. We did. And I learned a fascinating story about what your business is, and uh, is it Wad Life? The Wad Life, yes. The Wad Life. And I was doing CrossFit um, bits and pieces. I'm, I'm probably the slackest person at the gym, but I like doing CrossFit stuff. I, I don't like, you know, being punished to death, but I like CrossFit. And I, I want to get into where you think that's developed into what it is today. But when I saw The Wad Life, I 100% thought this was a company in America pushing stuff into to us here in little old Adelaide. But I learnt that the wildlife was started here in South Australia. That's right. That's right. So when we first met, we, we were talking about SA businesses sort of taking on the world. Yep. Uh, and we are from humble Adelaide. It, it is a massive perception thing that people perceive that we're from international or over, over, like overseas, interstate, it's crazy. So can you give us a snapshot on what the WOD life is? It is. Yeah, sure. So for people WOD, that don't know. Yeah, WOD means work out of the day. Uh, so people that are involved in, in that lifestyle, uh, myself and co-founder Ben were training in the gym, CrossFit gyms. Uh, ben was in, in Adelaide. I was in Melbourne at the time. We were just training and we wanted access to products to help us feel fitter and go faster. And one of those products was a jump rope. We wanted access to it. It was actually in the US. So we didn't have it here in Australia. We contacted them, couldn't buy it online back then. So what, what year are we talking? Uh, 2013 is when we started. So yep. 10 year anniversary this year, which is super cool. But going back to 2013, e-commerce wasn't really a thing. Still starting Absolutely. in Australia. The products that we wanted were overseas. Uh, this one in particular was in the US. They wouldn't ship it to us. We couldn't buy it on their website. The only way we could get, get access to it was through wholesale. They said, well, you're going to need to open an account. Okay, well, we just want one or maybe two. <laughs> what, how many do we have to buy? And they sort of said, oh, 50. 50, geez, okay. Well, look, we'll come back to you. So we, we talked about it. Look, two, yeah, two to 50, bit of a difference. But look, let's just do it. How much is it going to cost? I think it was about $1,000. And we go, all right, 500 each, put it in, bought the 50, basically split it out. So Ben, my co-founder, got, got 25. I got 25. We took it to our gyms and sold it to the people in the gym. And we had corporate jobs. We had real jobs, as people would call it. Uh, and we just kind of gave it to our friends at the gym. They were pumped. We thought we were going to get fitter and faster in our workouts. Now, everyone in the gym was fitter, so we didn't really get too much of a benefit. But... Everyone got hooked up and then we thought we were sort of heroes that day for, for one day in the gym and then it just sort of went from there. What else can you get? What else can you get? Well, we didn't really think about it. So what started as a, a personal pain point for myself and also Ben sort of was, was born into something uh, a lot bigger and has turned into a, something a lot more than we ever dreamt, but pretty crazy to start from one jump rope and now we have hundreds of thousands of products uh, from tons of different brands. So. Wow. So... What's so like? What's it? Yeah, I remember jumping, you know, with a bit of rope, bit of string. What, what's so? What's so flat about your? You make it sound so simple. Uh, <laughs> well, look, in, in working out, especially CrossFit workouts and high intensity workouts, you're trying to do it faster, 
for more repetitions than the person next to you. So if you could get one extra rep than the person next to you on the board, you were higher up. And it was just this competitive mentality where that one thing is going to make a difference. So we, the famous line when we were selling it was like, it's as smooth as butter. It's as fast <laughs> as butter. And that just it flew, flew out of our hands. And that concept, it, it went super fast. It was super quick. Maybe you were probably using um, a bit of tin and some string, probably why your workouts weren't yeah. as fast as they could be. <laughs> yeah, what so was the roof made this was just, It had ball bearings in there. It was this super fast wire. Uh, if you missed, it would lash you on the yeah, legs, I, which probably is a reason why you didn't miss and you got faster because the you thought it was you were going to get whipped. Uh, but, yeah, it was that I one piece like of that. kit that just everyone wanted. Everyone so, wanted. So you're the blame for those ropes uh, – um, Soul 360. I would say they probably have a, a rope yeah. from, from us. Like, Absolutely. Uh, and it whips you and it almost cuts you. I came home one night. My wife goes, where the fuck have you been? Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, I was at the gym. And she goes, it looks. Sure you were. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what she said. Yes. And she yeah. goes, oh, I'm sure you were. But Yeah, it, that, it, that uh, plastic coating on, on the rope, on the cable, that's going to slow you down. So take, take that off, bare cable, go 10 times faster. So I was skipping in my garage every morning. I'd wake up and then I'd do plank or push-up and I was doing it in bare feet and fuck, you learn yes. really fucking quick. That You'll fucking hurts. You'll a little bit higher. And in, and in winter, it, it's, it hurt. I stopped doing it as a pussy. It was too hard. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's one um, big skip for man. <laughs> Going, going Talk about sound bites. No, yeah. no, no, leaping from a bloody skipping rope to an online store. Like, you know, you have to be a little bit crazy in the head to think that that was a good progression. Yeah, as I said, we never fathomed that we would be where we are today, talking 10 years on. And it was that one, one rope that started it all. And then our friends, they could probably be to blame a little bit as well. Hey, what else can you get? What else can you get? And then really opened open from there. And we were just two guys in the gym wanting to do better, be fitter, and we were inspired by that lifestyle. And, yes, it was born out of a CrossFit gym, but, however, we were working out. And, it, yeah, it really just grew from there. And funny enough, a lot of people were having the same pain points as us. Back then, you just couldn't buy something online. We remember buying from websites, and you have to ring them up. And get their bank details and then deposit money in the bank. So and then good. seven days later, okay, we've received your money. Our bookkeepers cross-checked it in our bank account. Like, that's just wild. But you think about it now, it's just one-click purchase, bang. So you go from like $1,000 in, in the year in 2013 to you're nudging up to $30 million in 2023. That's incredible. It's a absolutely wild ride. And, yeah, we would – Two guys bootstrap, my credit card was loaded up. So it's not like we, we had huge startup capital or venture, venture funding, nothing like that. We bootstrapped it off, off the back of a credit card. We started with, right, we, I use the supermarket analogy a lot and I sort of say, imagine you're walking into a supermarket and it looks full, yeah. but it's only got one thing on the shelf. <laughs> and then we would sell that loaf of bread and buy two loaves of bread and then we'd sell two and buy four. And that's how we built up our inventory over time. It was, we wanted to appear like a superstore, appear like but, we had everything, but we really only had ones and twos when so, we started. So what did you have, different colour rope or something? What was, it was started <laughs> with the rope. Uh, ben will love this. Like Ben's, Ben's house was our first, Ben's bedroom was our first warehouse. So we get everything delivered into him. And I think part of it, the startup, was the excitement of testing out products. We remember testing out paleo bars when that was hot, like the early protein yeah, bars yeah. and friends we knew running businesses. We would They would send us product for free and we would <laughs> test it out. How good's this? We don't care if we're running a business. We're getting free stuff sent to us. It was awesome. And then, yep, made the grade. No, didn't make the grade. If it did uh, make the uh, grade, put it on, on the site. Yeah, it was just, just crazy. But we didn't think too much of it. And... It's almost like that ignorance is bliss in a sense that we hadn't run a business like this before. We didn't even own a business. We were working, you know, professional what jobs. What were you doing? I was in corporate finance. What uh, was Ben doing? Ben was in politics. <laughs> so what a mix. Well, he saw the light, that's for sure. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. He, uh, look, he, 
all the skills that we've had in our in our careers have, have really set ourselves up for success now. We worked in supermarkets packing shelves as our first jobs. So, okay, how do you run a warehouse? How do you open a box? You know, how do yeah. you wheel a pallet jack around? Yeah, oh, you've learned so all that. All of that stuff has like set us up for success. So we always say that everything that we've done in our life, in our career, in our part-time job, like I even sold footy records as one of the first jobs I had. Yeah. So, Sales. okay, you've got to sell to people. You've got to talk to people. Someone's walking past you. How do you stop them and make them want to buy something? So all of those skills have played a role into where we are today. And I think a lot of people discount that going, oh, it's just a job. But it, it stacks up. What do you think for an early stage? Uh, you guys really rode a CrossFit wave now uh, well, from my, my outside looking in. And, you know, it's, CrossFit is pretty hardcore. And it, I'd almost say the CrossFit athletes are probably some of the toughest athletes going around. I mean, not a UFC fighter or anything, but physically, mentally push themselves into some pretty dark places. This is you. You, you are that person. Oh, I, it, I think what, like, and we started out of CrossFit and I think the great thing about CrossFit is the community it's, aspect. Ex they're and excitable. Ev everyone got behind what we were doing. Yeah. And they could see what we were trying to do and then they're like, right, these guys are doing this, let's get behind it. And I don't think if we di didn't have that support early days, we wouldn't be where we are. And it, in the early days of CrossFit and anyone that works out at 5 or 6 a.m. in the morning, yeah. A lot of people would look going, hang on, that's not quite right. I don't even get out of bed until A. <laughs> but so if you're working out at 6 a.m. in the morning, you're driven. You're a, you know, A-type personality that wants to be successful and do things in your life. So those types of people are, are great. And they were our friends. We were those people back then. Um, and that really helped support kickstart something big. And, yeah, there was that excitement around CrossFit back then. It's definitely evolved and grown. Uh, but we're very lucky for the support there, uh, early days, and, and we're far greater than, than that now. CrossFit is still at the heart of what we do, but fitness takes on many forms and different types yeah. of gyms and everything. So, yeah, it was great to have that support early days, and you do need a lot of things. You don't just can't just walk in there and work out. You need a rope. You need the right shoes. You need yeah. a weightlifting belt. So knowing and being in that you know community and in that gym, we kind of knew what people would want because we wanted that ourselves. And we, we felt we were just like the crusaders trying to bring it to people. I think that's something that still holds true with Ben and I today is just we're trying to introduce cool products that we want to use that people will help their lifestyle and help them work out and be motivated to go back in the gym day after day. So what do you think is some of the <clears throat> key learnings that have helped you get to where you are today? I mean, you quickly mentioned one about selling. You know, it seems that all startups and all founders, the, the the main the person running it, the CEO, what MD, a founder, or whatever, they they need to be hard on selling, even if they don't think they're selling. Like you always seem to. I mean, there's a saying that you should always be selling. It, what do you, what are some of the, you know some of the traits which has helped you guys stand out from a crowd? Yeah, mm. well, well, it depends on where what angle you look at it. Yeah, I've got a few different angles, but selling you don't have a business unless you can make sales. Yeah. So that is absolutely the most important thing and that's what kind of gets you off to the races and that allows you to start doing other things. Without selling, you don't have a business and you can't do do everything else that you, you anticipate. So absolutely, number one, selling, super important. Number two, product. You, you can't sell a bad product. Yeah. You've got to have the right product and that makes selling easier. So I think they go hand in hand is – Selling, number one, two, the right product. And then three, understanding your consumer so that you have the right <coughs> product selling to the right person and that all just works together super, super well. I, I like for us, uh, we, we now, now we own the whole chain from wholesaling to retailing. In the past, it was all driven by whatever the wholesaler wanted. Now we're driven by what our customer wants. For so, sure, for sure. so, so now we're listening to the customer component. Okay, that's what they want, and then we have to we have to back engineer it to go. Okay, how do we get them that product? And that sometimes then goes back to a supplier saying, "Hey guys, have you thought about making a product like this?" And when you're customer led, 
only good things can happen. Absolutely. We always say that we work for the customer and we work for our community. Without them, we don't have a business. So it really starts there. And that's how we started the business, knowing that we were effectively the customer. We were buying for ourselves at the start. And then understanding what it is that they need. It's not always easy. We're not all lucky enough to be a visionary like Steve Jobs and know that you need an iPhone before you actually know it. <laughs> some And Henry Ford, you know, I'm not normally a quotes guy, but Henry Ford says, oh, if I asked the people what they needed, they would have said a faster horse. <laughs> so we wouldn't have had cars. Yeah. So sometimes you need to kind of know what people want before. Yeah, absolutely. They know they want it. But I think, I think it's, a, a I think lot it's of the time it, yeah. I think it's critical and... A lot of the time, some well, not a lot of time, sometimes suppliers come to us and we have products and we sit there and we taste it and then we're like, that's shit. And that's like, how the hell did this get to a stage where you're releasing this? And I'll say I'm going to put uh, 80% of the time, I'll be right. Uh, you know, when it, it, it's when it's wrong, like how does it get to that stage? Now, I know with suppliers, they have focus groups. They have, you know, a whole lot of different different ways of getting to the products and to the focus group people and, you know, saying, okay, this product's viable. How do you guys get to the this product's viable? Yeah, well, I think Ben coined the term box testing or in the gym testing, and that's where we did a lot of it early days is that we brought – products into the gym gave them to the guys and girls that we're working out with and say hey test this tell us what you think about it um that that's something we did super early days and it's real live feedback yeah sometimes it's super confronting yeah you go oh wow okay i didn't didn't think that i quite like that design or that product we thought that was going to be a winner And, and then sometimes you're pleasantly surprised where you go okay wasn't quite sure about this but people are just raving about it We've had like multiple instances of that. So I think the success of a business is how can you shortcut that? How do you get that feedback loop in there so that you're going customer to product super quick? It's not, okay, well, it's going to take us 12 months to develop. We're going to have to go through a feedback. We're going to have to have focus groups, design. No. It's how quickly can you get a product from that feedback point to market? Test that as well where you're not investing thousands and thousands of units into a certain product you don't know and then once you get that early feedback then plumbing that back into the the product and the supplier to make sure that you can supply the demand there that they've said that they wanted so how important do you rate on a scale of one to ten and why is speed to market is 11 a number okay i think sometimes Uh, people think i'm a little bit uh yeah i don't think we'd be in business or where we are today without that it, it is it is uncomfortable wanting to operate at speed and i know people look at me sometimes and go hey man that's just a bit wild like we can't do things that fast well, why, well, why not but i have people around me say that all the time awkward awkward silence yeah, uh, awkward but silence, look yeah. speed speed's in, imperative and trying to shortcut feedback loops get speed to market super key learn and ensure that the loop is tight enough where you can act and react quicker. So there's like sometimes I'm going to ask you what product you've got that right and what product you've got that wrong. So think about that. But there's a product that sparked my attention and it's they're predominantly in women, I think, but they're, they're tights that have marks to make their ass look better. Now, I don't know what they're fucking called. When you said that you had a product in mind, that's, <laughs> I said he's not going to go there, is he? And he went there. And he was, went there. Was that Rider, Riderwear that come up with that or not? Because they're just next door here, Riderwear. Yeah, look, uh, I don't know if they – I'm sure a lot of companies would claim it. The Scrunch tights. Scrunch bum leggings is what I've heard. Yes, yeah, I don't have some, but I've seen them. Uh, can – what do you yeah, guys like? Can you get them for guys? They're feverishly Googling over there. I can uh, hear the keyboard <laughs> tapping away. Uh, like, you know, to me, I see them bloody everywhere now. They are everywhere. So yeah, it's to, a problem solution. You know, what What do girls want? They they want tights and leggings that make them look fantastic. Yeah. And this is like a product that apparently the market has responded saying that people do want this product because yeah. brands are selling it. Yeah, so so, so it's wild. We look. We, do you have we one? operate outside? Do I personally, or <laughs> no. to, uh, as as representing the world? We don't. We 
haven't ventured there. Is that that's where, probably outside of our our remit, our our sort of community and consumer. Yeah, okay. It's, it's a bit different. Um, but look, brands are producing it. There's variations of that yeah. as well, and there must be a reason why people are buying them. Yeah, I, I mean, so I look crazy. at that and it, I think. Oh, it's that you kind of gets your attention, on, and it's not because I'm looking at their ass. It's like it, it, it. They clearly look different, and then yes. I thought, oh, maybe that's just a few people. But then you see them everywhere, like they're, and oh, I'm like, sure. okay, that's making 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 the most of opportunity. And I, I the um, Fogarty guy, uh, David, is a, like the Udi, the Udi thing, like little bit of a market bang quickly, and you've yep, got to get yeah. onto it. Do you get scared? You get caught in the market, and you know, I put it down to a new restaurant in Adelaide. Like, bang, you go there and you, you go there plenty of times and if they are not reinventing themselves or giving you different stuff on the menu or the customer service, or first of all, the food's got to be great, but if they are not, you'll go elsewhere. Sure. Do you find that with your product range? A really good question. And I think the answer to that is it's an art and a science in that – Yes, you can. Ha there is an art to it in kind of knowing what the consumer might want or yeah. what they you think that they need, but then there's also a science in terms of the data, and it's a it's a balance. It can be subjective, objective, objective in terms of okay, the data says this, yeah. this is how we should act, but then there's a human element that you overlay there, going, hang on a second, let's think about this, and then trying to intersect those. It's not easy oh. at all. It is one of the most difficult things. As you would know, with such a huge product range, how do you how do you know? And yeah, Ben and I always have like these these famous stories of like Nike is one of the fantastic brands that we we deal with. Yeah. Um, huge household name, massive brand, and and for us to be able to work with Nike is like is a dream come true. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, one of the things is that they have a portal where we buy product from, and because Nike is Nike. They don't want people to see their products two years ahead of time. So, and so how, how do you, so we how log do you into find their out? we log into their website. They have the product name, and it'll be in some cryptic name of a color that you've never heard of. You you'll understand the model. Mm -hmm. So it might be Nike Metcon Ten is the next one to come out. So that's a shoe. It's a shoe. They are named yeah. Nice, nice. Done your research, and it won't have a photo of the shoe. It won't have a graphic of the shoe. Won't have a computer-generated image of the shoe. It will have a a placeholder. It will have an orange lock on it, saying, "Oh, that this shoe's coming." We can't show you what it looks trust like. Us. Yeah, trust us, right? It for the for the time being, it's just an orange lock. So safely place your bets. So it's like walking into the casino and placing your bets, going, "Okay, well, fingers crossed. I hope this hope this comes off." And that's, look, Nike, their product division is, is fantastic and their ability to, again, tell the consumer what they want before they know they want it is like second to none. And, yeah, we play some big bets there, but most of the time it comes off. Where have you got it right? That like an example, we sort yep. of say, well, we're putting a deposit for a house down on a pair of <laughs> Nikes. Are we okay with that? We don't know what it's going to – imagine saying you had to buy a product that you don't know what it looks like. How, how would you... I've done it with a car. Yeah, okay. Okay. What type of car was that? It was a Lexus. Okay. LFA. Nice. Ten years, uh, seven years before... So you, but you trusted it. What made you pull the trigger? You trusted enough Lexus. in Lexus yep. that you knew it was going to be good? Yeah, I wasn't quite sold on the aluminium, which they had. Okay. But as soon as they turned to carbon monocoque, I was like, that's it. And then they You're had sold. a dip. Yeah, a sold. Yeah, and yeah. then I literally put money down five years before it was right. before I even saw it. Yeah. So the thing that makes those decisions easy is the brand, the Absolutely. history. You know, yeah. you've yeah. got a level of confidence. The the amount of people that have signed up to a cyber truck and put their deposit in applied just to flex on their Instagram story. Shout, oh, shout out Ben, my my co-founder, who's definitely <laughs> done that. We were actually in the US and we got to see the Cybertruck in person. So I think that was Is it cool? Yeah, it was awesome. It was like his life life goal. We we there was a um an exhibition in LA there, the Peterson uh Motor Museum. Uh we, we spent the day there. It was just insane. Um Is it big? Yeah, huge. And of course, like Ben's probably the, the bigger, bigger car guy of, of he and I. Um 
he said, man, we've got to go and check out the, the underground. It's called the vault. What? The what? vault. Yeah, what's that? Well, it's they've got a vault of cars that you'd probably pay an extra, I think it was like 20 or 30 US. And it's like an underground car park with their most famous, oh, most rare. Oh, Tesla. Or, or no, Peterson, like, uh, the, the motor museum there. Um, Where's this? In LA. Peterson. You know, is it Peterson? I don't know. I, 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 no, no. Uh, I, I, I love this. I feel like this. I'm, I'm No, I love this. I love this. I'm right. Okay, we, fantastic. We Didn't should know about up. this. Um, yeah, fuel up the jet, JP, the Drake <laughs> jet, Air Drake. Yes, uh, yeah, Air Drake. Get, get that over there. Um, yeah, that that was that was awesome. Um, so little little tangent there, but yeah, we spent the day there. Super cool cars, and they had a yeah Tesla exhibition as well. So history. Oh my god, there's an actual yeah, it's a real place. Yeah, yeah, I'm not making it up. Fantastic. No, 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 no. I definitely didn't think you're making it up, but. <laughs> It, so it's all there. Oh, like real flash. Stuff. Yeah, like so. Real I, th I think it's called stuff. the vault, and yeah. yeah, and we went down there, and there was all these car guys like following us around, telling us that we were asking them abstract stats about the car, like tell us about this car, and they were like they knew everything. It was awesome, like the best day. What uh, they were they working there? <laughs> yeah, that, it's kind of like museum curators, and yeah. they instead of knowing stuff about like dinosaurs yeah. or like old <laughs> artifacts, oh, they know everything about cars. Oh. It was crazy. Some are better than others, but. And then we kept asking, we are like, can you, dude, can we just, like, can you follow us around and we'll just ask you questions all day? And he goes, I've actually got, like, a five-minute limit to deal with customers. We, like, maxed him out, so we went on to the next guy. But, yeah, awesome. Anyone in L.A. who loves cars, check check that out and, and you know, uh, dive into your pocket for that little bit extra. The Vault's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, the Vault. See, once yeah, again, awesome. um, paying for that bit of extra. Yes. Which, it, yeah. you'd... VIP like yeah. exclusive that that's definitely like we talk about product we talk about like market and what people want yeah people will they they love that so and that day we we love that so good little it was a segue but bringing it back to to product market fit and and what people want is like absolutely it's definitely gone that direction of exclusivity something super cool premium that not everyone can experience who how who do you deal with? So you've mentioned Nike. I, I've, I'm a big Nike fan, and oh, the recent movies, the the, I get the, else. <laughs> the recent um, the Jordan movie, I think Air, which you know, that yes. showed a pretty cool story about you know, you know, and you watch that, and you you seem to be the same as me. We we're brought up with this stuff, so absolutely, to actually see the actual stories behind it. it's really amazing oh, it's, to see. It's the course. It's course like shoe shoe dog the. The uh, the book based on the night Phil Knight and okay. his life and then making of the movie with a bit of a Jordan twist like oh man as soon as I heard about that I was there <laughs> I, I was I was that guy lining up but yeah awesome what brand do you that you deal with do you think does it best very good question uh, look the the big brands of of Nike and Reebok they've been delivering like year after year on that. And the longer and the bigger that you get, almost the harder it is to do that. Yeah, like Nike, I could imagine. Nike and their product development's always kind of number one and their marketing, their athlete activations is just phenomenal. But then the exciting thing, especially in our space, is that you always have new brands coming to the market. Yeah. So who's a new kid on the block? So there's a, there's a few new kids. One of them is uh, not necessarily new, but they're new to fitness, and they're called Tier Sport. Tier Sport. Tier. T Y R. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Some some people call T -Y -R. them T Y R. They're for those in Australia. They're sort of the the speedo of the U S. So they kid out the U S. national swim team, which was fantastic when we went and visited them in uh, Long Island, New York. At that time, there was uh, a world swim meet and Australia just absolutely dominated the US. So two Australians, Ben and I, walked into their office and <laughs> let them know how good our Australian swim team was against their US swim team. <laughs> they had R&D departments, underwater uh, cameras on swimsuits to try and get the right angle to shave off seconds from, from workouts. So they've been around for many, many years in the US, but... They're, they've opened up a fitness and training division and yeah. super, super quickly they've exploded into the space and created footwear. You talk about 
product to market. They've got a team there turning around product super quickly, taking on feedback. They can make a pair of shoes in-house and send it to the factory. They're testing different colours. One of the team members there has a PhD in foam. In foam? Foam. So you talk about, oh, you, people just buy a shoe and they don't really think about it, but they've got a guy who lives and breeds foam in terms of the construction of the shoe and what type of foam you should be using for a workout, for running, et wow. cetera. It's, you don't even think about these things, yeah. but you go, wow, okay, this is the setup that these guys have to be able to bring product to market so quickly to to do it in a way that people are going to respond to and then to, to market it. They have a huge athlete team. So for them to be able to stand that up and to act on that so quickly, like they're definitely making waves. Yeah, like – they have a, a white. They, the they released a full fluoro yellow. It looks shoe. Just, it looks so. It gets cool. people talking, right? Like, yeah, I and I love the look of that. It's look, it is a bit different. It's a uh, a new brand in, into the fitness and training space, but they come from swimming, where they have all of this technology and infrastructure, and they've just moved into fitness, uh, moving into running as well, which is a multi billion dollar category. So what they've been able to do and to see that firsthand, you don't really get an understanding for, okay, there's this new brand, like the team, the infrastructure, the setup that they have is, is amazing. And they've definitely made <coughs> waves super, super quickly. And then the other brand is probably a bit different is, is Rad or Rad Global yep. out of RAD. London in, in the UK. They've come in and disrupted the space completely in terms of creating a a shoe in training, you know, you go, surely we don't, there doesn't need to be another shoe brand. Yeah. Boom. They come straight into the market and they're creating a shoe that you want. You didn't know you needed, but you want it. <laughs> and why is that? It's the, the branding, the communication, the activation, how it makes you feel They're because they are smaller, they can be more nimble. For example. So the, more of a CrossFit style shoe by the looks of it. Yeah. Flat, the first like, the, yeah, the first shoe that they brought out was more CrossFit, more lifting, more in-gym. So flat base, pretty durable upper, uh, still sort of lightweight and easy to move in. But, but can do a bit of running. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say you'd go and run a marathon in that. Yeah. But you could, you know, pump out a 5K pretty comfortably. So they've kind of entered the market in and, and shaken it up there, which is... Once again, another cool-looking shoe. Yeah, yeah. And their, their marketing and the way that they, they talk and act is just... Well, it's skipping yeah, right. You can't right get started at all. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they've come in and, and now they're doing a runner. So they're they're opening up that category as well. So that's the exciting thing is that while you've still got the foundational brands, which are fantastic and they'll continue to develop new product that consumers love and they continue to have an affinity for, you've still got these new brands that come crashing into the space. So what is it like you've mentioned something with your big brands uh, and I, I always talk about people do business with people they like. Um, what is it that, you know, Nike, big global company, you guys, well, like you could be like comparing us with Coles and Woolworths. We're like a tiny little grain of salt. They wouldn't even know we exist. And is it this, how, how the hell are you getting the attention of, you know, some of the biggest brands in the world, a little, don't take it the wrong way, but a little old company in Adelaide, Ridlington, uh, produce, you know, how, how are you making those, those contacts? Yeah. Early days, it was just taking no, it wasn't, that wasn't an answer for us. Like we, the vision that we had early days was around the lifestyle and connecting people with the motivation and the community around that was first and foremost as a foundation of what we do, but then connecting them with the products that motivate them and, and help them coming back into the gym day after day and a part of their lifestyle. So our big vision was for getting the best brands, the best products on board and where we didn't have that, we created our own. So the what life is a brand in, in its own right, which we can get into, but for the big brands is like, no, we, we had to have this and it took us probably five, four or five years to get Nike on board to listen to us. They're obviously a massive brand and, and when you're based in Australia, it's not necessarily part of their global strategy. But we like to think that we're doing something different, doing something that is specialty 
as well in that not everyone's just you don't just line up in Beaverton Oregon which I actually tried to bypass security there in the US once <laughs> um that's sort of the lens I went to to try and get a contract with Nike is I visited Nike HQ and then said oh, I'm here to see someone and I just said a random name and the security guard kind of looked at me going hang on no, no, you're not. So I actually had to turn around. Uh, so that was in the early days of trying to work with Nike, but <laughs> that was the extent uh, that we went to. But yeah, it's offering something different that is specialty, that is around a key community, such as training, that Nike can't necessarily offer. Nike's a, a huge, like multi, multi billion dollar business. They're doing so much. They can't necessarily talk to the consumer. And the relationship that we have with people who step foot in a gym and view training as a lifestyle is that we can do that and have that voice uniquely to talk to a certain product set that Nike just can't because they're too busy selling running shoes and uh, soccer boots, etc. So that's really the, the difference that, that we have and how we can really elevate. We elevate through content as well, on-site experience, activation at events, partnership with athletes. They're all the things that we do with these brands that add value to them. And they wouldn't really, they don't really deal with, with everyone. So you really have to offer something there and do things differently for them to sort of sit up and take notice. And that's what we had to do is we had to convince them. I think they believe in us now, seeing some of the orders that we place with yeah. them. But we had to convince them early days that this is our vision. This is what we want to achieve. And Nike is a key part of that. And not just with Nike, but the other brands we work with as well. Do so they, do you get... Do you get special treatment? Like, do you get like new unreleased Nikes that no one else in the world gets? Or do you get like, like oh, you guys have done a fair bit of business with us. Um, what size are you, Ben and Andy? And do they send you like... Oh, for look, for sure, yeah. Uh, Pre-release Jordans, Nike Dunks. <laughs> yeah, anything you need, we've got it. So, angling for a hookup there, JP. <laughs> I wish that was the case. Yeah, I really wish. I've got to stand in like like every other idiot uh, or, or sit in line. Damn it. I thought, Maybe, I, like, I thought we were on to something there. Yeah, thought, yeah. No, and I, I thought that was the case too. I remember like as a kid I got handed a Nike uh, catalogue one day and I got and the, a person said to me, they owned a sports store in Japan actually, and sort of said to me, hey, you know, study this catalogue. You get to pick one shoe from this catalogue and I would study it for hours and days and you know, weeks and finally land on the shoe that I, that I wanted. Um, but yeah, no, no preferential treatment there. No, no hookups. But look in that sense, like Ben and I, we always like when it's other people that own businesses, we would rather like support them. So for rad, they had a, they actually, uh, did a van drop. They didn't have a shop in the U S they just turned up, told everyone they were going to be in a car park, opened the van up and sold shoes out the back of a van like that real startup yeah. style thing. And um, Ben and I could have kind of walked to the front of the line and going, don't you know who we are type thing? But no, we stood in line for like three hours to get a shoe like everyone else and no one knew who we were or what we did. But that to us was the experience and we wanted to show that, no, we're supporting everyone and we don't want any preferential treatment. I mean, I love that preferential treatment. <laughs> Nike, if you're listening. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, not so, not so much. But look, we get... We get to see a lot of products before they're they're developed. Um, we'll go and, and meet with brands and, and see the the pre ranges and pre launches to see what's coming to the market. Uh, won't be allowed to take photos. You know, put your phone in this lockbox before coming in the meeting, um, and that's super cool. We love seeing what's on the horizon, what they're developing, new technologies, functionality. Super super cool. So it's one of the perks of the job. That's cool. So what is the, how, how important, obviously to you, it's very important. How important is your e-com platform and what platform is it? Yeah. E-com platform is everything, especially when you're running big sales, big events, you rely on that. So luckily we obviously did a lot of research when we started. There's back in 2013, there wasn't too many e-com platforms that we could operate off. There was big, Big Commerce, there was maybe Magento. They were probably somewhere weighing up. And there was this third platform, which was probably seen as a bit more of an upstart at the time called Shopify, that we weighed up pros and cons, which one are we going to go with? And, you know, by design, but luckily we picked Shopify. 
Yeah. And we've been with Shopify from day one to, uh, to today. Um, and that's the platform which we built on. We built our first website, um, got a friend to, to help us with a little bit of design and, and kind of hack that together. I think we probably, it cost us about $400 to set up our first website. Wow. So again, you, you've got a little bit of product and we didn't have much money. So we, we put together a, a website on Shopify for about 400 bucks. Um, was a skipping rope. Yeah, throw through one skipping rope on there, uh, some paleo bars, a couple of T-shirts, um, some knee sleeves as well. That's important. Um, so, yeah, we had a product assortment there when we when we launched. And that that's like still to this day, like that's the one thing Ben and I probably love is the product development and what, what's going to work, what's not going to work. But, yeah, we, we stood a website up, uh, moonlighted. So, you know, when we left our professional jobs, we spent our nights and weekends on this project and look it was never perfect but i remember the day the night that we launched let the shopify website go live bought a domain the wad life we always wanted it to be around the lifestyle of working out so that's where the name came from Uh, and we went live and then we had our first order and always think this is like absolutely crazy and, and spins us out to this day is that the first order, we still remember the guy that placed the first order, Nick Corkill from Tasmania. Tasmania, I, I maybe know one pe- one person from Tasmania. And as soon as the order came through, I rang Ben and I said, man, do you even know, is this your mate? Do you know this guy, Nick Corkill? Like, do you know anyone in Tasmania? He goes, I have no idea who that person is, which like is crazy. He would have thought... You know, maybe my mum <clears throat> placed the first order to help us out. You know, maybe a friend to give us a bit of a kickstart. But no, it was some random guy we'd never heard of, we'd never met from from Tasmania, and he placed an order. And that's like, I think to this day, just really illustrates the power of e-commerce and how global it is and how you can have a business in Adelaide reach the world. Is a guy you never spoke of, who you've never talked to, yeah, has somehow heard of your business and then has the confidence like you buying your Lexus, like five years paying, putting down a deposit. Like he doesn't know us. Like e-commerce is still pretty new. How does he know that we're going to deliver his product not just going to take his money? So like that for us is like, wow, that's insane. Insane. And we, I, yeah, to this day we were high five and couldn't believe it. We thought it was the greatest thing ever. That was just one, one order. But still, I, I think we have that feeling that every time an so, order comes in, yeah, is like we still have that feeling. Yeah, there's this thing with Shopify where it used to set off a – well, it does. I've had to disable it. I think Ben, oh, the bing. ben like, still has like, it on his phone that every time an order comes through, bing. And so he would still have it like until maybe last year, Ben still had that on his phone. He probably d- does. He probably just silences his phone when he's in the room with me. But he, he, he would ding. And I was like, mate, and they were ding again. I was like, oh, far out, okay, busy day. And then <laughs> I would say, why do you still have this dinging? And he would say, I just need to make sure that the orders still orders are still coming in. It's like to this day, to this day. So, like, I think that <clears throat> feeling from day one of the first order still to today and the orders coming in, like, that still really lights our fire and, and gets us excited. Uh, it must, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, no matter Some how. have more dings than others, maybe. <laughs> well, not, not looking at any any people, but yeah, the, that feeling is it's it's so, an amazing feeling. So, if you talk about building the business, uh, two thousand three. So that, you know you'd had a few years under your belt, then COVID hits. How did COVID affect your your product? I know you developed a new product during COVID, but absolutely. How how did it affect your product? Yeah, so we were in business for a while. Uh, early so 20, 2020. Yeah, 2020. So say we're in business six, seven years. Yep. Um, we had certain growth phases of the business there. Early days was just Ben and I. Then we brought a, a, someone in to help out, packed the orders um, and grew from there. Doing it from the backyard or? Yeah, Ben's bedroom. Ben's bedroom. We, then we got a, a room at a gym um, and had someone come in there. It was probably no bigger than the room we're in now. And into a warehouse. So growing team over the time, um, we actually made the call. I was overseas at the time, came back for um, Ben's wedding. Yeah, it was, Ben was getting married, came back. Uh, and then we we're actually going to grow the team here in Adelaide. 
So we got an office space. We were hiring people. And the goal was, okay, we're going to have a – we had our warehouse here in Adelaide. We were going to centralise all of our marketing and really try and build the team and really try and just capture the opportunity. We had big vision. Let's get some great people on board to help us achieve that. So we hired a full team. I think we were in the, the office for a week and then COVID hit. So everyone had just met each other and shook hands and learned each other's yeah. names. And then obviously the world turned and we sort of said, hey, guys, we know that you've just started here, but guess what? We're going back home to, to just work from our computers, our laptops, which is we're an e-commerce business, we're a digital <coughs> business, we're built on technology. So you could take your laptop anywhere, still be connected, still do the work. So we were super lucky in that respect that we'd kind of built the business digitally and we could do that so we could quickly allow people to work from home. It wasn't going to disrupt us too much, but really what we were trying to do is bring the team together yeah. and help that uh, connectedness um, to really help us scale up. So, yeah, we had these grand plans of bringing the team in and so everyone – was at home and obviously your your Google Hangouts or your Zoom calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was, was pretty crazy. We obviously had a warehouse full of gear. We had all these shoes that we wanted to sell and um, the apparel and all of our great products un, under the Wildlife brand that, that we wanted to get into the hands of our customers and community. And all of a sudden, people weren't going to the gym. Gyms were shut down. So our friends and our customers... They, their livelihood had just been, you know, the brakes had been thrown on there. So all of a sudden no one wanted any, they weren't going anywhere. They weren't leaving home. So they didn't need a new outfit. They, they didn't need new shoes. But what they needed was like equipment because all of a sudden their livelihood, everyone that we built the business around with the lifestyle of working out, going to the gym physically, they were at home and, and they had nothing to do. So they were going stir crazy. So... We sort of went, oh, gee, what do we do? And I remember like the first, I, I probably think a, a little bit deeper and it takes me a little while to come up with a plan, but Ben definitely leapt into action. Yep. Uh, the, the politics background, you know, the emergency plan, what, what are we going to do? He was great <laughs> out there in front, all right, team, you know, hand sanitizer for all and uh, <laughs> he was fantastic, right, okay, this is what we're going to do, confident. And meanwhile, while we were coming up with a plan in the, in the background, so we were lucky enough to have a, a, a broad product set. So, okay, what, what do people need to, to work out at home? <clears throat> Resistance bands, we've got them. People can work out, can do some bicep curls by, yeah. you know, putting their feet on yeah. the band. You would have done that before. Yeah, yeah, band. mate. It's yeah. important in Pop. your in your uh, <laughs> suitcase when you go travelling. Yeah, absolutely. Did a, I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger. I saw you doing a few before came into the meeting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, got to pump up. Yep. So, yeah, we were just thinking what – how, how – how do we help our customers and community, you know, in, in their livelihood? So we kind of took it on ourselves to to find that. We had a little bit of equipment in there, some some barbells and bumper plates and dumbbells. I'll never forget the day that the lockdown was announced. And it was like if we had a physical store, it was like people riding in on horses and like pitchforks and fire on sticks just like ransacking the joint. They just took everything that we possibly had. Anything you could lift up or put down was gone in like one day. One day. It was it was wild. So you got through a fair bit of stock? In one day, yeah. But then we had nothing. Nothing. And they weren't buying anything else. No. Even we had a partner that we were working with who um, we worked with on a lot of the equipment. It's heavy. You don't want to have warehouses all over Australia. And they double sold their all their equipment. So, but they only told us like two weeks after. So we hooked up all these people with barbells and bumper plates and they were stoked to be able to get it. And then two weeks later, the supplier came back to us and said, actually, we, we sold that. You can't get access to that. You're going to have to tell your customer that. Sorry, oh my you can't afford the order. Yeah. And, and obviously they didn't come out and say that straight away. We were like, hey guys, what, what's going on here? When are you going to ship that out? Like, where's that order? Our customer hasn't got that yet. So that kind of we're going, okay, how do we take control of this? And, you know, the stories that you hear and, and obviously it was a tough time for a lot of people and especially early on until we were all figuring out what was going on. Yeah. But very quickly, Ben and I thought, okay, 
where like one, our customers and community, they're not going to be able to work out. So their livelihoods are at stake Two, our team, our people that we've just hired. We need to pay their wages and make sure they can put bread on the table. What are we going to do? And then three, like we've got to make something happen here. So we stood up uh, an online fitness competition, which was the, the largest at the time. We got all of our community in there and saying, hey, guys, we know it sucks right now, but we've got this competition that you can do at home. It's a workout. We put a workout out every day, leaderboards. People could do the workout and then put their time in and rank yeah. you know, people all over the world, which is super cool. It gave them something to aim for and something to do every day. It kept their mind off what was going on. So that was the first thing and that was crazy. That was like so well received and people were like, this is awesome. Yeah. And then the second thing, while we were doing that, we said we need to take control, right, what products can we manufacture and source to be able to get these in the hands of our customers and our community and the gyms that people can't go in and work out at. So we basically made our own product. We made our own equipment. Um, we placed an order with a factory. Uh, we didn't obviously didn't have the money. So how do we make this work? We rang up our bank. Hey, this is what we're looking to do. We can either have a business tomorrow or we can kind of just cross our fingers and hope this all blows over. We're like, no, we're leaning into this. So they said, yeah, yeah, it was a Friday afternoon. Yeah, yeah, sure, no worries, guys, that sounds fair. Um, we'll organise some financing for you to be able to get the order from the factory and, you know, help you finance that. Awesome. Well, then okay, happy days. <coughs> Pull the trigger, place the order. Still to this day, we're still waiting for that money to come in from the bank. They just forgot about that. They never ended up getting it approved. So they never actually provided us with the funding. So, uh, you know, it was a six-figure order, um, which we were just sort of testing the waters there at the time because we really didn't know what was going on, but we made the call, six-figure order. Yeah, place, a, place it with the factories. It's going to take a month to get here, two months to get here. And we just pulled the trigger and we, that's so how do, how do you say? So we pivoted into pre, <laughs> pre-ordering the product because we basically stood it all up. We talk about product market fit, getting something to market quickly. We couldn't wait for it to arrive, do sexy photo shoots, get it up online. So basically as soon as we placed the order, we had the product up online and allowed people to like reserve the equipment yep. so that they knew that, okay, they had peace of mind that I've reserved this, that the wildlife is is trusted. It'd been in business for seven years at the time, hundreds of thousands, you know, if not millions of, of orders placed. So I trust these guys to deliver on it. And I know Ben, I know Andy, their name's on the door. They're going to make this happen. Yeah. So yeah, we, we made it happen. And even before the first order landed, we were placing third, fourth, fifth. Wow. Orders. That's amazing. So yeah, the, the main thing there is that we pivoted. We, we lent into the uncomfortable nature of it and we wanted to control our own destiny and obviously that that's what people wanted at the time and then as things sort of went on e-commerce had that boom phase because no one could could really shop people weren't going out everything was at home and um, I'm long on e-commerce I think that arguably everyone's going to be shopping uh, online yep. at some stage yep I uh, think the better rapidly. online does the Oh, I've got a huge glo yeah, the global fitness market in the US. I think, or was eleven billion or something. That's wild. The isn't global, it? yeah, it was eleven billion US dollars. Like you know, projected to be seventeen billion by twenty twenty three, and e commerce accounts for sixty three percent of that. That's a lot higher than in groceries. Yeah, huge. Groceries, huge. it's less than ten. So, so you have done some amazing things. That's fair to say, at the right times. That's why you're here. Yeah, I mean, you create your own luck, right? Like an overnight success story that's taken ten years. Where <laughs> absolutely, I mean, we're like pretty, pretty humble in in what we do. Ben and I are still involved there all day, every day, and we love what we do, and we're passionate about it. And yeah, we we wouldn't be doing anything else. So how do you, how do you keep on top of the trends? Because I'm assuming you and Ben are the two that are saying, oh, let's get scrunchy, what are they, tights or whatever. Like, you know, who, who's, uh, how are you two on top of it? Yeah, I think that's 
what I said earlier around, like we love product, we love the industry. Yeah. It's fascinating for us. So, yeah, that's that's one of the the most enjoyable things is to understand what's up and coming and look at new brands, new products. As I said, we do work with some fantastic brands, but we are a big part of, we are a, a multi-brand retailer, but we're a brand in our own right. Yeah. So we're innovating and developing our own products with our great product team. So where there might be a product that isn't out there on the market that we're wanting to develop, we'll go ahead and, and do that. So that obviously takes a little bit of time yeah. to develop yep. that and to do that to the level that we hold ourselves to. So, yeah, I mean, one, um, the internet's a, a lovely, lovely thing. You oh. can look at things and see things happening um, before they've even happened, yeah. which is fantastic. Early days uh, when I was in the US, I would go to events, I would drive, I'd, I would tell brands and people that, hey, I'm coming to visit and they're going all the way from Australia and little did they know I was down the road in, in California, but I would tell them I'm going to come and visit and talk to them and learn, understand what they were doing. Um, but also a lot of it just comes from pain points that we have. Yeah. And and I think that's where some of the best ideas yeah, yeah, absolutely. come from. E-commerce, um, you know, we all know that experience uh, is critical in e-commerce. You don't get many strikes to when you ruin a customer's experience. How do you judge what works for on e-commerce? Data. Yeah. So sales? Yeah, d data. Data is a big driver. Purchase. Yeah. Oh, in terms of the, the metrics we look yeah. at. Yeah, absolutely. Like com conversion rate is, is key. Um, average order value. Yeah. Super important. Uh, units per order. Yeah. Very, very important. It's the same. Price. Yeah, similar, similar, similar so economics and like metrics. As basket size. How yes. many items are in the basket? And you, oh, yes. if we could just get one more basket, one more item. Yeah, in yeah. That if basket. we could get them to add yeah. this in their in their basket, that would change the business by, you know, why it's it's similar type stuff. Absolutely. So it definitely translates. It's very exciting. We've got some questions from some punters out there. Awesome. <laughs> uh, uh, it's Ben. Okay, of course, yes, yeah, stitch up. <laughs> Who's your favourite business partner? <laughs> oh, I'm assuming Ben underline Dilling underline the Wad Life. I'm assuming that's that sounds that sounds like a, a hacked account there. That's, <laughs> that sounds like a burner account. Um, uh, so oh, the one and only, yeah, of course, of course, it's Ben. Um, Adsman seventy eight. Uh, what's the best thing about being based in South Australia? Yeah, it's a bit of an unsung. Uh, thing that we, we don't really talk about too much, but we, we think Adelaide's a great place to do business. Um, obviously, the people here are, are fantastic. You don't get the noise of, of eastern states. Mm -hmm. Quite often, they say the planes come in full and go out empty. So it gives us better shipping and logistics rates. Okay. Yeah. yeah I've, I've heard that with logistics in Australia, but I've never thought about out of the country. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's great. For us, um, being able to obviously represent a place that we were born and bred and still working with like people that we worked out with in the early days, people that own gyms and um, that's like awesome for us. So to be able to do that, we're surrounded by friends and family is, is pretty, pretty cool. But to be able to do that from Adelaide and do that on a global scale is, is awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Um there's another one there about how does how do they get your products into their business to business? Okay. Um, I, I a business hook up there. Yeah, there's a business hook up there. We can give you the details. It's on not. That. It's not uh, scrunch bum leggings. Is no. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, yeah hashtag JP's fitness. Hang on a second. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh, new range. <laughs> um, so, thank you very much. Um, I, I do have some hard hitting questions though. Okay, okay, now the real stuff starts. Yeah. Okay. So right. if you weren't doing what you're doing now and money wasn't an, uh, an object, what would you be doing? Yeah, I, I always said I wouldn't ever wear a suit and tie again. I used to wear a suit and tie to work all the time. And um, <laughs> we, we turned up to uh, when Ben and I won a Shopify award in our first year for one of the fastest growing businesses Um in, in the Shopify ecosystem for that year, we actually went out and bought suits. You did? Yeah, we did. We went to the Beverly Centre in LA, bought suits because we were meeting 
Mark Cuban, Tim Ferriss, Damon John, Lil John as well. These heavy hitters were like, we got to look the part here. So we wore a suit. And we were the only two idiots in the room <laughs> that wore a suit. So after that day, I just refused to wear wear suits. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would probably be still in. Doing what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. That's like the, the best the best thing is I know you wear, I'm looking at you right now and you've got a, a shirt and tie on. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, look, I think we're, we're passionate about it and we, we absolutely love it. And I think if our business was, um, you know, as big as it is, if not bigger, or if it was just Ben and I, we'd still probably be doing the, the same thing, maybe just at a, at a smaller scale. Funny, I get, um, I get it a lot. Yeah, I, get, <laughs> I, I would be doing what I'm doing. Um, is there any advice you can give to like a, a, you know, a 16 or an 18-year-old Andy Lee out there that's wanting to do something? Um, what's, what's some worldly, worldly advice you could give him or her? Yeah, I'm always humbled when someone asks me for advice, but I say just get as much experience as you can early days and, and don't think about the money. Mm. I know it's you kind of get attracted to, oh, I've got to have this job because I yep. want to earn this. Yep. Yep. But early days in your career, it's about the experience. The experience you can get, who you can work with, what you can learn, what you can get exposure to, because that's really going to set the foundation for your future success. So put your hand up for everything and anything within reason, of course, like kind of get an idea of where you want to go and what you need to do to get there and put your hand up to anything that helps you get close to that, whether or not you get paid for that or not. When I first started, I was passionate about fitness. I still have my professional job, but I was writing and I was writing for free. I was writing blogs. I was interviewing athletes. I did that because I loved it yeah. and that helped me get connected with the community athletes and forge all these fantastic partnerships with people that I still work with to this day. I didn't get paid for it, but that really set me up for where I am now. So take any opportunity you can. I, we, we had Matt Hall uh, before you and he, he was like, uh, if you're into flying, go down and hang out in a hangar and, you know, sweep the floor. Absolutely. And, you know, clean the plane and, you know, uh, do it for free because you never know <laughs> when, when someone turns around yeah. and, oh, hang on, I need someone the in the plane. sick. Yeah. And we need someone to fly this thing. That's what he Oh, me. My that, moment. That's exactly what he said. And sure. it was, it's so spot on. Uh, just don't be worried about the money. Just get in there if you really love it because then it's not working. Um, and, and have a crack. So yeah, great, great advice there. Um, I've got rid of that next question. I hate it. Um, so there's one last question. Toughest one we have. Okay. Drum roll. Not many people know it cause not many people get to the end. If you died and came back as a board game or a computer game or a movie, what would best describe your life? My life. Okay. I haven't heard this one before. Every Monday morning meeting, we have an icebreaker. Yeah. Crazy question. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what What animal would you be? What's your favourite holiday? So I'm going to use this for next week. So thank you. That's great. <laughs> well, I used to say board games. And yeah. people would sit in there going, I have kids in here. And what's they don't play board game. What's a board game? game where they're like Fort, Fortnite? This kid. He's like, oh, Grand Theft Auto. No, I've never uh, played a board Yeah, that's right. I've never played a board game. Was that yours, Grand Theft Auto? You know what mine was? What was that? Mine was um, Scrabble. Okay. Now, the reason I say that is sometimes I say stuff and it's really profound. And sometimes I say stuff and it's really shit. So you never know what you're going to get either because each time it's different. And that pretty much explains And me. it has to describe me. So there's like a, an underlying. Uh, so if I went out and said. I think so. Hungry, I, hungry hippos. Yeah, okay. For, and what's the, yeah. I don't know. They just came, came to my head. Hungry hippos. And, and I'm fine with that. We've had. I don't think it best yachting. represents me. We've had snakes and ladders. Right, snakes and ladders is good. Yeah, life's life a roller coaster. Up, ups and downs. I like uh, that. A little, little bit too like generic no nah, like, we've I'm had we've sorry had, whoever said snakes and ladders it is a yeah. good game <laughs> we've had mousetrap um we've had a whole we've had a real we had some game uh, it's a brendan game 
Yeah, yeah risk. risk. Okay, cool. Yeah, we, so we've had a whole heap. Um, Monopolies? Yeah. Is anyone throwing Monopoly out there? Uh, yeah, I think we've had. Look at this guy. He's, yeah, he's yeah. All You've over got it. the list. Yeah. yeah I, I actually, I'd love to get that list because everyone asks me, but I need an answer from you. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sent this. See, I was, see what I did there? I was trying to buy myself some time, know, but it didn't I, really help. I knew exactly what you're doing. Oh, I'm, I'm quite happy to talk about the other ones around. Um, a lot of people wrote it too. It goes to show you only remember the things you say last. Okay. Um, we've had a James Newbury in here. Okay. What did James say? He will always say something. He was risk, yeah. I reckon. Yeah, okay. Uh, I feel flood. like James would say something like completely different, which... Kayla, we've had Kayla in here as well. She, she, and her big motivational quote to me was, uh, keep eating salt and vinegar chips. They, they are the best chips. Oh, yeah. yeah. Red Rock, uh, balsamic. Nice. Yeah. Nice, good choice. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's yeah we're not aren't getting any closer to this answer, are we? <laughs> we could have you as the first person not to answer it. You can do this. You can, you, it, there's, there's actually no rules in any of these podcasts. Yeah, I used to be indecisive, but now I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> All right, well, we can stop it. If nothing comes to mind, then I think it's too hard. I, that, and I've no, it's a, that's it. Like that's it's pretty good. Like to be stumped at that because you don't want to go generic. You don't want to say something that people like. Monopoly would be like pretty good. There are moments where you're playing the game and. Living the high life and living then the, you're fucked. Living you're the in high jail. life. And yeah, exactly, right? Like, <laughs> we've all probably lived pretty close to that line at some point in time. And then there's times where maybe uh, people just that you're, you're playing the game with or even you, like, tip the, the board, game over because you've had enough. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, you're right. You've got the high life. You, you're sitting on Park Lane and, and Mayfair and you've got the money. Like, things are good. You, you're that, you might and then that. you go to jail because you didn't pay tax. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely not me. Uh, all right, we're, don't we're paying a good 30 cents in a <laughs> okay, dollar. all right. Um, all right, we can end it. Awesome. Yeah, let's go with Monopoly, yeah. Oh, think, Monopoly. Yeah, I think we've... All right, and there you have it. I've got a couple of nods around the room, so It's Monopoly. All right. Thank Andy. Oh, we've tried to make this shorter. I find it really difficult, but we covered a lot of ground there. It's really great awesome. to see the success. Thank you. And to hear me. about it, um, starting, you know, everyone loves that story, you know, bedrooms, backyards, you know, small and build, build, build. And you're in a, you're, you're, you're from South Australia, Ridlington, like you're coming at 10 years. Yeah. 10 years. We celebrated our 10 year anniversary this year, which is huge. Uh, we're super passionate to be from SA. I know that's how we originally connected and, Kind of nice that you didn't think we're from SA as well. Like, I think we must be doing oh, something absolutely right. Absolutely thought it was American. Absolutely thought the branding was American. That was without looking at the site. That was just with what people at the gym. Yeah, there you go. Um, were there wearing. Go. Yeah, I, was, global, I was staggered. We'll, we'll, I was, take, that. Yeah, we'll I, take that. I was but staggered. We're, yeah, passionate from SA, taking on the world. We definitely feel that we punch above our, our weight class there. But Likewise. Yeah, humble, humbled to be, be on the podcast. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thank you. Awesome.